Hey everybody, welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday, July 25th, and or a little over a month away. And uh, we just want you to know that you should go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news that we're going to be talking about today on the show. And with me as always is James and Lacey. What's going on guys? How we doing? Going? I need to get a blue tint. I need a blue tint. Yeah. For, for our audio uh, listeners... James has a, a nice blue ambiance uh, backlighting, or whatever they call it. And Lacey, uh, with her new thing, has got the blue light. So I need to get a blue light, apparently, now to fit in. John, John's out. <laughs> how, how could we... You're supposed we... to laugh there, John. It's a joke. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we, could figure out, we could figure out a way to do it, but you have such a big space behind you, whereas me and Lacey mm. are probably like, I don't know, five feet maybe? Yeah, there's about mm -hmm. five feet behind me. Yeah. Cool. I feel like you need like the whole room to be... John would need to like uplight his room like a wedding to get yeah. some type of color. Yeah, something. Or you could just switch up the mm -hmm. station. Although... Uh, nobody around here has switched up their station anytime recently. Huh? Well, we, were, we already went over. Obviously, yeah. you have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, right I don't know. You, you got confused. Know <laughs> Who got confused? Lacey did. <laughs> we, everyone oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking, John. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that at San Diego Comic Con. They had that. Uh, Grogu that's like animatronic that $80,000 Grogu that's how much it is yep they said between eighty dollars and $100,000 which I was like I can't logically even imagine buying this uh, but it is so cute and it does like is all the little movements yeah wait I don't, under I, don't, I don't understand who would buy that I would expect the one that's in the show to be $80,000 the one in the show is millions of dollars millions Favreau told, uh, what's his name, Adam Polly. He was like, be careful, that thing's worth like millions of dollars, like three million. Man, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. see how Who that- Who made this? Is it, yeah, is it millions in like R&D or something? Because I feel no, like- I mean, this thing you could buy, is this a Disney product or does someone else make it? It's, it's a licensee product. Oh, it looks yeah. like some type of- uh collectors type company i i didn't have no one said the company in the videos that i saw everyone's like look at this cool thing but no company um i'm sure I'm, we'll get a name for the company soon but yeah no it's like one of those collector type companies like anovo or whoever remember when they used to make action figures that cost five dollars that people could buy and kids could play speaking with them? of action figures we did talk about this last week or on monday no last week uh, the selfie series is actually only sixty bucks. I thought it was going to be more expensive. That's so not that, that bad. That's the real. That's the beauty of all this. They're, they're like, here's your seven thousand dollar two day hotel. Here's your five thousand dollar drink at a cruise. Here's your eighty thousand dollar animatronic Baby Yoda. So then, when they hit you with the sixty dollar action figure, you're like, what a deal! What <laughs> a deal! <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'll probably get one anyway, though. I, I mean, we'll see. Tony Hawk's Underground or whatever video game was 60 bucks, and I could upload my face to that. I think you could <laughs> like buy Tony Hawk for $60 years ago. at this point. Yeah. Tony Hawk is still a big celebrity. He's not, he doesn't drop yeah, maybe, off. maybe he's on Cameo for like 60 bucks, maybe. 
Yeah, my favorite thing, speaking of Tony Hawk, my favorite thing about him that I heard recently is that Maya Hawk, who's from Stranger Things, that's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk's daughter, puts that she's Tony Hawk's daughter in her bio on Instagram. That's very good. That's very good. Also, did you know that I tweeted this and a lot of people were like blown away by this, but Chrissy, the cheerleader who dies, uh, spoiler alert, first, first episode. Oh my gosh, spoiling it came out in like June. Who cares? John, you have what? got to stop. <laughs> it came out like two months it ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like the most popular show. People, if they haven't gotten around to it, they're still going to watch it. Oh, get out of here. So John, we can talk John about spoilers for, for, felt- <laughs> for Mandalore. Hold on, James. We're allowed to talk about spoilers, which we do on this show three days after it comes out. Actually, nay, the night. <laughs> It comes out, but two months later, for a show that this podcast is not even about, I can't talk about it. We do give get a warning. I actually you think just there's a difference. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I actually do think there's a difference between oh the fact God. that so people off. who listen it's, to it's our show incredible. absolutely are watching that show that night, and they I, know <laughs> they know I'm that sorry. the discussion for the show this. is that episode, you, whereas you just dropped you. it completely randomly. If so there you was no watched warning. that show in two months, the most popular show mm-hmm. on the planet, it's your fault. I'm sorry. You're not. No one's that busy. This is this no is apologies John whatsoever. Backed into a corner, knowing yeah. he messed up, and he's just going to stand. Yeah, corner. <laughs> he's just trying. Anyway, not she to is admit. the daughter of Casper Van Dien, the guy from Starship Troopers. Did you know that? All of that. Just All of that for that fact? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So anyway, she she dies in the first episode of Stranger Things season four. Hope that was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So for all sorry. the people out there who, who are so excited about this show, they were too busy to watch it in the last two months. I mean, some people Get do have other things going on, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. At least anyway. I finally got to go on Rise of the Resistance, even though John spoiled that too. That's again ridiculous. People don't even know what spoilers are anymore. Get out of here. I do. I got Jeez. spoiled. Would you would you call a spoiler uh, telling people that a character dies in a show that they haven't watched yet? If it was, I don't if know, it was John. A what would you, has, what would you yeah. think about a character that, that has zero that has no impact on the plot of the show? No. John like is... if Mithril died in the first episode of Mandalorian season one, and people are like. Horatio Sands dies in Mandalorian episode one. I'd be like, I don't care. John is two for two with Stranger Things deaths of it <laughs> saying it out loud. I did. Spo- no, I spoiled a big thing for you on accident and we've gone over this. Yeah. And you're going to drag me over the coals about it for the rest of my damn life. <laughs> All right. Let's spoil some more stuff. James, okay. let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk some Andor news. It's the resistance. All right, Resistance Report this week. We got some Andor news, as John was saying. Uh, first of which is an Andor TV spot. Now, the TV spot, before we get into this, getting a little weird, right? Are these showing up on TV? Because I'm only ever seeing them like Instagram posts kind of thing. Yeah, I saw it during the uh, MLB All-Star stuff so, on TV and ESPN. Okay, because I also, when I see it, when I go to it, it's always in like square format. And I'm like... Where's the real post? You know, where is this mm. being posted? Uh, but you did see it on television. Interesting. Uh, 
Um, okay. Yep. Uh, so we, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. There's a couple extra scenes in this thing, uh, a little bit more than the trailer. It feels like the trailer. If you haven't seen it, um, just a couple little boop, 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 new things, little new shots here and there. Um, I think the big news coming out of this is just the fact that TV spots are starting to happen now. So be prepared for more footage, uh, as we go along. Um, start with you on, uh, start with you, Lacey on this one. What were your thoughts on the TV spot or the fact that we're at that point in Anders' uh, marketing plan? So it's exciting to see TV spots because it means that it's so much closer. I think that's the first thing that you're like, yes, it's happening. Um, the second thing that I initially noticed is that about five seconds, they do this like voiceover with Andor, Cassie and Andor, and it's weird because it switches from him sounding like he's talking over a radio to then talking directly to the camera. They did some type of distorting with his voice from three seconds to five seconds, and it's very noticeable <laughs> that they were like, he's over he's over a radio. No, wait, he's actually talking to the camera. So if you guys have a second to go back and listen to that, definitely do, and let me know what you think because <laughs> it was very jarring when I was trying to watch it uh, before we did the show. Um, the other thing... I just, again, there's so many awesome, like, scenes in this show already that you can tell it's not just the volume. And regardless of the story, I'm the most excited about that. That we're going to be outside in the actual landscape in the world that we live in. Um, And yes, of course, we're going to get some CG and we're going to get some volume type, uh, probably, situations and scenery and... um, sets but man i am so pumped to see something that i'm like oh that looks like england hooray <laughs> i'm excited to see that um it is a little weird though to see cassian now because he does look older do you guys think that do you think he looks older because i think he looks a little older i'm apparently not very good at <sighs> noticing age like that because mm-hmm. the the uh, anakin stuff doesn't bother me the qui-gon stuff didn't bother me i was like yep they're wearing I want to be the clear. Wig. It doesn't right bother me. me. It's just very noticeable that he's older. Yeah, so I shouldn't say the word bother. I'm saying, like, when when you say, like, I can't be bothered kind of thing, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't, I just don't see it. I I see the costume and the character in the face, and I just go, like, yep, that's them at that age. Like, I'm almost won over by the cosplay of it or whatever. That's fair. I think some people look older with a beard and some people depending on their what age they are when they have a beard look younger with it i, I think he looks younger when he has exactly i think he looks younger when he has a beard and i think in those shots of him without a beard he looks older for some reason really i yeah. think he looks wait hold on i need to reevaluate that i think yes, i'm agreeing he with you does look younger with the beard yeah right weird i didn't even think of that yeah totally Yeah, like and you know what i first noticed that was keanu reeves uh spoiler alert they made another bill and ted movie (laughs) and he for the first time in years we've seen keanu reeves without a beard and he looked noticeably older without it Mm -hmm. in in that new bill and ted movie he did in the matrix too and yeah and that made me realize like some people like when they have a beard like Harrison Ford and the Fugitive, it just makes him look older. But some people that have a beard makes them look younger. And I think Diego Luna is one of those. Um, so I agree with you here, Lacey. I think it, it's not that startling. I'm, I'm disagreeing with James on the on the Kenobi stuff. I think that was... Mm-hmm. I think they really... It, it was either just budget or they were... I don't know. I don't want to say they were lazy. Um, but... 
I mean, Hayden just... looked great. He looked young, but not as young as a 20-something. That's what I'm saying. People yeah. like I think people were so used to seeing him on the press tour that they're like, that's Hayden Christensen. But if you look at him in Attack of the Clones, he looks like a kid. I don't I'm look not saying, the same I did when I was 22. Like you, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like they could have, they could have went the extra mile and done it. They just didn't do it. Um, mm. And whatever, Qui Gon looked old too. Qui Gon looked not as bad. really old. He looked like really old, but that's not as bad to me. The the I feel like the Anakin thing, it would have made, in my opinion, because I like being you know uh, suspension of disbelief and being lost in the story. Sure. It took me out a little bit seeing. A forty-year-old Hayden Christensen trying to be especially because he had the Padawan braid. I, I, yeah, so, I think what would have worked better for that in particular. I know we're talking about Andor, but if the Hayden thing, what would have worked better is if he had the longer hair. If they went to a scene where he was like prior Revenge of the Sith, where he had so the like, longer hair, that it would it wasn't the braid because when I see Wars the braid, era, it's yeah. even younger Hayden Christensen. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. when they, they first show him from behind, and you're like, oh my god, they're doing, they did it, they yeah. did it, and then he turns yeah. around, and you're like, oh, it's just, it's him, it's just, it's him now. <laughs> yeah. But Which, and and I, I still yeah. like it. I'm not like saying like, oh my god, I can't believe, it. but I'm just surprised, you know, Lucasfilm, ILM, like the kings of kings and queens of special effects, were just like, ah, mm-hmm. it's all right. The other thing I did notice about this trailer is that Cassian's costume looks very Beckett to me. When I looked at it, I was like, this looks Trench very... Coat. like the Just the colors, the textures, the cuts of the coat and everything mm-hmm. else. Like, obviously, he has the holster that goes, like, up across the leg and then down and everything. It just looked very Beckett to me. And I think the costumes that I'm the most excited to see are Mon Mothma's because hers are just so beautiful. Yeah. Everything else yeah. is kind of just like rebellion slash empire, and it's like gray, brown. <laughs> yeah. I I think like this this TV spot, I had I have a hard time, you guys know this, with like recognition for, for trailers for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like when we do those reactions and like I'm like, I can't I forgot that when you bring up a point. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't realize that. I'm so like it just goes by me so quick that I don't recall like oh that is new like from the original trailer watch mm-hmm. and stuff like that like uh, comparing the tv spot and the trailer I, I had a hard time but in seeing this like it does feel very uh noir in like the music they used and also like that whole like you know another brick in the wall mentality where you see these people just sort of like it feels like they're just walking all in like white suits it's almost like thx 1138 the original george lucas movie like people under control of the empire Mm-hmm. Those like big, heavy, totalitarian, living under the rule of of one sort of mentality, and I like that they're giving us that because it's going to make the rebellion feel that much more important. So I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious because usually the trailers don't match the actual music that's going to be in this stuff. Like remember the solo trailers and a lot of stuff that we've seen. But I'm curious who's going to be scoring this because I doubt if it was Michael G. Chino, we probably would have already been told that. I just wonder if they're going to stick with similar themes and stuff that they used for that movie and bring it back in the past. I'm really curious the type of music they're going to use for this show because I think we all have a pretty good idea at this point of what it's going to be like aesthetically. Lacey, you brought up all the real sets, which I'm really excited That's about. That's the thing I'm most excited for. Sets yeah. and costumes, I think. Yeah. I, I'm really excited about that and, and feeling like we are outside and we're not claustrophobic and that sort of thing. I'm excited for that. 
we know this kind of pretty much the story and the journey we're going to be going on without the finer details um i really want to know that what this is going to sound like from a musical perspective because as we know star wars really gets elevated to, to certain different heights and emotions based on the music so i'm really like we're close we, you know we're a little over a month away i'm curious to see who they say you know came in and did the score yet because i don't think we've heard right nicholas Bertel. they've re- oh i didn't know that they revealed that okay interesting moonlight it feels she could talk succession Oh yes, right. Okay, you remember because I mean, you love Succession, theme. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we talked about the su- Succession theme. I was yes. like, I, okay, you were saying that, and I was like, I thought we did talk about who the composer was at one point, but I couldn't. I could. You're right. I couldn't remember who it was, and even hearing the name, I don't know that I would have went straight to success, uh, Succession. But and we haven't heard like any unless there is stuff in these clips from the show. We haven't heard anything released from this yet right nothing has come out like no. new music from andor they were kind of like letting that, right? uh obi-wan kenobi have its moment yeah, yeah. not okay. unless not unless the music from the trailer like the main trailer is the music that you're hearing and that's just like sneaky under the radar like they didn't say here's your first because if you remember they did do that they were like um here's the andor stuff and they showed us and then they were like and now the first time ever being played is just but it's like yeah. you just did that for andor you just dropped it out of nowhere. So I don't think that was the theme. I don't think mm-hmm. we've gotten anything. I'm assuming this is just trailer music. Yeah, I think that's the the, the one thing I'm I'm really curious to hear what we get because as we talked with Natalie Holt, you know, and we learned why a lot of the music choices were made for Obi Wan mm-hmm. had to do with permissions and you know battles between her ideas and Kathleen Kennedy. I'm curious to see now. Because we may be expecting a big Rogue One type score on this, and maybe it's something more intimate, something more with spy tendencies to it, because it's that type of show. So that I'm really, really curious to learn more about that now that we're understanding a lot of the other stuff that's coming at us from the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, nothing too particular out of the TV spot from me. Um, I think one thing that you guys didn't mention is you're talking about um, like the costumes and stuff. One thing is just the cinematography in general. Um, it to me it seems like it has kind of stepped up a little bit in the sense of like um not necessarily more than mandor or uh man uh, mandalorian sorry <laughs> i was mixing the two there mandor kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> i like that too <laughs> um but uh there's that shot that's been since the trailer but it's included in this too like of the elevator coming down coruscant and i'm yeah. like that's an angle of coruscant that i don't feel like we've ever gotten before the planet there has always been like horizontal or kind of slightly tilted down or up. We've never really gotten this like spinning down vertical or anything crazy uh, in that planet type before, you know, or in that place. So like seeing that shot makes me think there's a little bit of a, um, not independent film, but like a unique perspective on Star Wars. They're going a direction that Star Wars hasn't got or gone, and it feels kind of like a new director is taking over and not just like mimicking um, George Lucas or or any of the early stuff. Do you guys think this is another one of those situations where we get a lot of the stuff we're seeing in the first episode or two? Or do you think Gilroy doesn't roll that way and he's just like, I just want a good trailer, so cut I, me a good trailer. I th- I think this is the first time that we're getting stuff that is throughout <clears throat> the season. And uh, unless, yeah. of course, unless, of course, 
those shots where you're behind the person and they're flashing through all the different planets are not in the show at all. And those are, in typical Rogue One style, (laughs) stuff Mm -hmm. that they shot for the trailer that isn't actually in the show because it works really well when you're back to back to back to back. But like, if you pieced all those planets together over the series, that backward shot might not connect the same way. Uh, And if you tried to take all of those shots and put them in the first episode or first few episodes, it would feel like you're just skipping around too much. Like I think Especially we need to all land those characters on a couple. Are, yeah, new people that we haven't met yet. I'm getting the feeling that since they put it in the block thing, that we might see like three episodes on this planet, and then we move three episodes on this planet, move three episodes on this planet, kind of thing. And what they're showing us in that by skipping from here to here to here is like this is the series you're gonna get, and it's showing us all throughout the season. Mm-hmm. But it's just a guess. That being said, though, let's talk a little bit more about those costumes, uh, because uh, this week at San Diego, or I should say last week at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, we got some. What are these called, Lacey? What would you say these? It's an exhibit. An exhibit, a costume exhibit for yeah, the series. But, but it's only two costumes and a prop, basically. Yeah. Was it it's three Cassian, Mon Mothma, and then B2 Emo. Okay, yeah. I thought maybe there was a fourth one in there for, uh, just off the top of my head. But yeah, um, we've seen these before at other uh, like press conferences. and some, <laughs> They did the Sith cases. Trooper for San Diego Comic-Con going into Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they've done Solo exhibit where they had... I was there that year. They did all the, the costumes for Solo, like Infus Nest, Beckett, but they had them so up high. They were on top of a storage container, and you like couldn't see them. Like At least here, they're like down at kind of eye level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with the costumes, if you want to take a look at them up close, you can also see that there's these, uh, little banners next to them that have, uh, not only the show logo, but a little bit of information on the character that you're looking at. Um, so we learned a little bit about some of the planets that we're going to be going to a little bit about the droid, uh, and how he's been in the Andor family for, for a long time, uh, servicing them. And uh, a little bit about how Mon Mothma has been um, trying to start a rebellion uh, amongst her job on Coruscant. So not that we didn't already know that one, but, you know, it's it's nice to see it again. It's like, yep, that's the role. That's the show we're getting ready to watch. John, what were your thoughts on the costumes and the snippets of information? Yeah, the costumes are really cool. Um, I don't know that I've had a full grasp on Mon Mothma's like journey as a character um, beyond you know what we knew from original trilogy and stuff like that. Um, I don't know that I knew that she was an imperial senator, to be honest with you, and or it's or I just had forgotten about it. But that she's from Shandrilla uh, mm-hmm. is cool. Um, but the fact that you know we're getting Coruscant in this series, which is really key because. You know, we had that very brief flashback to it in Rogue One where they're all sort of like celebrating. It's, it feels a little decadent and they're, you know, it's Galen Erso there amongst others, including um, Orson Krennic and, you know, Jin sort of there trying to observe what's going on. And we're like, wow, you know, it's pretty cool seeing Coruscant again, but outside of the prequels. And we're, maybe we're going to get to see quite a bit of it here to the point where it's like you were saying, James, different perspectives on this planet. And I, you know, I, I, I like that sort of thing because some people like to separate the trilogies like in a very 
concrete sense where it's like, well, that's over there. You know, that's the prequels. That was George Lucas's movies and they were, they were over there. But the more they're weaving things across, like seeing the N1 starfighter come back, a banged up N1 starfighter in the Book of Boba Fett for Mando. Uh, that, I think that's so cool. And now having a chance to revisit Coruscant, maybe from a different perspective. Uh, I, I really like that a lot. Like what what is that planet like today knowing that Palpatine's headquarters were in a certain part of that planet has that planet changed quite a bit under the empire what does it look like now compared to when things were you know good during the republic so that really interests me quite a bit um her costumes look very elegant and and i like the fact that she's no longer just wearing a white sheet over her body (laughs) so that's pretty cool um because i think when they had her cameo in Revenge of the Sith, which eventually was cut. She was wearing like the same exact outfit she was wearing in like Return of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, I was going to jump in. I'm I less interested than the costume on display here, which is also like a white outfit. I yeah. When I saw her in the trailer in the orange outfit, I was like, that's cool. Like I'm excited yeah. to see Mon Matha not wearing white because for some reason whether it's Ben George or anybody else who brings them into their series, whether she's like in rebels or whatever, they always stick her in white. And I, I don't necessarily know why she does that other than maybe at certain, at a certain point, she only wears white because that's part of like the symbol that she's trying to become. But now that we're before that, I really like the idea of her wearing different outfits. And you know, Lacey brought up uh, with the TV spot seeing Cassian in sort of like that long trench coat. He has a similar sort of belt like Han Solo does. And something like went off in my head because it's this brown trench coat. And I'll never forget seeing the concept art obviously unused for The Force Awakens. Han Solo was originally going to have a long brown trench coat style in The Force Awakens. And they nixed it for something so that maybe he can move more and, you know, who knows what. But we know how they like to keep ideas around and 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 reuse them and so maybe they're like hey, remember that look we had for han for tfa that might work here for cassian for this reason this reason this reason and when i look at that stand and the sort of han solo looking belt with the angle down to the side you know there's a blaster in there somewhere this you know and the blue pants reminds me a bit of uh han from um a new hope so and he's got his boots and stuff this is like sort of a little bit han solo-ish mixtured mixed uh, old Han with uh, the the content art they didn't end up using for TFA. So I think it's a cool look. Um, and I love that we're hearing about this, you know, new planet that no one knows anything about. Yeah. I even tried to look on Wikipedia and all it says is, here's the planet. It was debuted at San Diego Comic-Con and Wikipedia always knows that stuff. So even this thing could have been mentioned in a flip book and they would have known it. So mm-hmm. we are getting a new planet with no baggage. That's exciting to me. I'm curious what uh, location they use for that because as we went over the past year, knowing how many locations they went to, to the point where we were laughing about it every week, which one is this, you know, new planet uh, going to be? So I'm really excited about that. And and I believe the, the planet is called uh, Aldani. Aldani, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I I dig this stuff. And But I got to say, I'm a little like, they probably had this stuff already. They definitely did. It's the same exact costumes they used in Vanity Fair. They couldn't give it to us at Star Wars Celebration. You know what I mean? Well, they had the Mando exhibits. So you had to pick and choose oh, your uh, that's a good point. Your choices, yeah, but uh, yeah, these are the exact costumes that 
uh, Diego Luna and Genevieve O'Reilly wore in Vanity Fair. So they probably already had them like in a box. (laughs) The interesting thing that you did say uh, that I was going to note, John, is, yeah, the Han Solo callback to TFA is definitely there. You can see it. Oh, you noticed that too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too is B2 uh, Emo is an early sketch of BB-8 looked like that. Oh, really? So Neil Scanlon, yeah, did B2 B2 EMO. Is it Emo or EMO? Do you know yet? I don't know. I hadn't heard it out loud until you said it, but B2 emo is so funny because Isn't it's it like. Funny? It has you, to be that. You can't be too emo. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what it is because his description is an old, weary ground mech salvage droid. So I feel like it is B2 emo. Yeah. But you yeah, can call so, it B though. So if you look at the top, like the two kind of eye parts, it, like, it mm-hmm. looks like BB 8. Like the early renditions of BB 8, they had square versions and all the different types of stuff. Uh, and it's done by Neil Scanlon, which is awesome. Uh, he stood out to me because, again, the other two costumes came from Vanity Fair. Uh, but I just loved that we learned that he's from the Andor family. Like, So that means we're probably mm-hmm. going to see Cassian's parents, which is always exciting to see characters' parents in Star I Wars. I thought that, but I had forgotten it. So I'm glad that you brought that yeah. up because I was like, wait a minute, he's been in this fight since he was six. You're assuming he's been orphaned or something, but it's like, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Like, His family yeah. could be substantial on that planet and, uh, and the community class, leader or something. Yeah. The class of the droid is rescue assistance unit. Yeah, I do get a little nervous, though, because we've never seen this droid before, so this guy's probably going to not make it. <laughs> And it makes me sad because it's like, that's where I'm living in Star Wars now is I'm like, okay, who's going to live? Oh, everyone dies. Great. Fun. This is fun. Like Lola, probably. <laughs> yeah, Lola. Yeah. yeah, but Lola didn't die. You know what I mean? Not yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did like seeing that uh, Mon Mothma's French from Changiola because, of course, Ben Solo was born there. So you see the call out and you're like, yay, love that planet. Um, I mean, so- the call out was when Ben was born there. <laughs> Chandrilla's been a planet for a long time. No, I know, but yeah. I'm saying that's what I know that planet from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, this is exciting. You know, I, I kind of wish we saw more costumes that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some brand new character. There's been rumblings of Hasbro announcing figures for Andor that have new characters that haven't been announced yet. Um, so I am a big fan of these costume exhibits that they do at at comic conventions i helped with some uh they're just really really cool and there's so much time and detail that goes into these costumes that you don't really notice until you're standing in front of it so i just kind of wish we did get like james said that beautiful orange outfit she wears like i would have loved to seen that up close because we did get this white one already Mm -hmm. um and now of course i'm just being just being picky <laughs> like as a star wars fan no. but uh mm-hmm. it's just exciting i'm gonna it's, say it's something really similar exciting. here in a second well, well go for it w- one of the real cool things i just have to say with these exhibits is if you don't get a chance to like meet actors or pay for the autographs and stuff one thing you do get which is something that's very real when you see someone on tv or the movies you don't really understand like their size in life mm-hmm. like if they're short tall or oh stuff. yeah yeah yeah. but yeah. when you see these costumes you're like holy cow i didn't realize blank was so tall or so short mm-hmm. or whatever and i remember seeing the leia costumes at the power of costume exhibit in new york and not really grasping the fact that how tiny carrie fisher was 
Alden's tiny. So, yeah, right. So it's it's it, that's Amelia another cool Clark's aspect tiny. for people. Yeah, if you get a chance. Uh, they should bring in like Kevin Hart into Star Wars so that everybody does realize how they understand it completely. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Just get yeah. it right Boss, when they see him. Not tiny, yeah. very tall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the thing I was gonna say here is yes, I, I would have liked to see the orange outfit. I agree with you there, but I also would like to see I would have liked to see uh Skarsgard uh oh, his yeah. outfit too. Mm-hmm. Because it worries me a little bit that if his outfit was not on display, that he might not be in this show as much as I hope he is. Um, that he might. I think they only... chose these honestly because they've already shown him. That well, they've already shown Skarsgård too. I mean, he was not only in the pro- press release, but he's in the commercial, and he talk. He's standing there on that cliff, and he's got this awesome jacket that has the giant up collar, kind of like the Blade Runner yeah, jacket. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's a, like that's a good way to win over a lot of people. That that the long jacket with a big collar, and the same goes for um, Cassian's outfit here. Like the like, I'm just such a sucker for like a giant scarf. Nobody can wear a giant scarf in real life except for uh, um, what's his Star name? Wars characters. No, well, no, no. Uh, shoot, the singer Russell um, Brand. No, I don't think it's Russell Brand. Clint um, Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, not like quite like a poncho, but um, I'm blanking on the person's name, but uh, Lenny Kravitz. Look up Lenny oh. Kravitz big scarf. And Russell Brand dresses ridiculous. just like Lenny Kravitz, so I yeah, was yeah. on par. <laughs> um, but yeah, but pulling off this giant scarf, like people don't normally wear that, but every time I see it, like in a, a show like this, I'm immediately like, holy crap, that looks so awesome! Like. It's kind of like one of those memes where it's like what girls think guys want to dress like or something or what guys actually want to dress like. It's always like <laughs> like Han Solo or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, James, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like I've been wrong a bunch already on this episode today, <laughs> but I think Stellan Skarsgård is the one who like broke the news that they're filming season two this fall. Which makes me it. think he's in it. Oh, mm-hmm. so I think that's a good point. Well, I think we'll I think we'll be okay. I yeah. think we'll be okay now. At t- least until season two. Then I well, bet these are costumes they I, used in the beginning of the episode, and they don't use them again. But I wasn't yeah. implying that he dies. I'm. Oh, I was okay. implying that he's just. We're not, used to that around here. Yeah, I'm just saying that he might not be in the show as like, I'm thinking there's like three main characters of the show, but it seems because of this and a couple other things that there might only be two. They might just be leaning on those two because he wasn't in vanity fair either, but he's in the trailer, you know, and has a line and everything. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he's a big actor. I would think that he would be one of the main things, but maybe they're just marketing him at a little bit. And he's not actually in the show that much. Not that he dies; he's just not in it that much. If that and makes sense. L- like Moff Gideon, not like our... yeah, you know, like you can say Giancarlo Esposito's in the show, but he doesn't show up until the last two episodes. So it's like, right. oh, he's not in it that much, kind of thing. Right. Um, and in our chat, Lacey, we, it's not in the notes, but in our chat before we recorded, Lacey sent that still that of uh, Adria Arjona. Mm-hmm. From from Andor. Oh, I love she's, her she's, braids. Love the braids. Dead. Is that why you said dead? <laughs> yeah, that's what. Hundred percent. She she she's not making it out of this. We talked about this. I said a long that like when ago. they announced her. Yeah, I was like, Whoever she's gonna be a love interest, interest, and then she's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know about love interest. Maybe I just. Man, they bring these people into these shows that predate stuff, and you're just like, it's over. I love her braids, though. <laughs> I don't. Yes. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like. 
people can live and just not be in the movies. Like, no, I, I know. You know, we point yeah. to, I know like Reva Ahsoka lived. maybe yeah. was away or whatever, but um, like Hera, for instance, very clearly still in the rebellion, just she wasn't involved with Han and Luke, you know, and Leia. Like, yeah. so. Um, Selfish. <laughs> all right, let's move on to this next thing here, and it has to do with the show Skeleton Crew that we're getting. Uh, if you haven't checked this out um, or know much about it, uh, the show is going to be part of the like Mandalorian universe. Uh, it's going to be kind of a um, Goonies-type show. Um, they say it's still for adults, but it does star for, for kids, uh, as well as Jude Law as the uh, adult character, although we don't know if that character is good or bad. Um, so that's kind of interesting. The point to take away from the story this week is that it apparently will have a budget of 136 million for the show, make putting it like as one of the most expensive shows ever made, uh, shortly under like, uh, stranger things. And uh, of course the rings of power, which is like number one right now. Um, but that is a big budget for a show that we don't really know a whole lot about, but it starts to paint it in a good light I, budget doesn't mean anything but it shows that they're not just going to um throw this thing together Lacey, what are your thoughts on skeleton crew a uh, little bit of information on it uh specifically about the budget well my first thought is if disney could give me a budget of 136 million i would do pretty amazing things with it uh you know like? as in nothing i would disappear and go on a vacation for the rest of my life <laughs> ah, there we go <laughs> um no but it's exciting you know it's always funny to me and we we talk about this on the show a lot like box office numbers and like budgets and stuff it's like how does this truly affect me as a star wars fan does it make me excited because it means that they're allowed to get better you know talent or special effects or sets or production sure but other than that it could be due to inflation. It could be due to rising costs with unions. It could be a, a bunch of travel, location scouting. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know where this budget breaks down that it costs that much money. Now, I do think that visual effects people should be paid every single dime that they deserve. So I hope that's why this budget is so large, that if they do are, are doing special effects, those people are getting paid what they deserve to get paid, um, which we know is an issue in Hollywood. Um but other than that, like, again, we don't know much about it. I just remember laughing kind of at Celebration when they announced it as because they had it had somewhat leaked the week before that it was happening. Then they brought John Watts out and then mm. they're like, OK, and Jude Law. And you're like, oh, yeah, right. yeah this is Grammar Rodeo. That <laughs> yeah, Grammar. Yeah. 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 So it's just kind of interesting because. It feels like, once again, this is one of those things that's jumping onto the Stranger Things vibe, nostalgia, kids. I feel like everybody's going for that right now because Stranger Things is such a big franchise fandom piece. Like, it's in pop culture now, Stranger Things, and everybody... It was like Baby Yoda before Baby Yoda, right? So, I just don't... I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm like super excited that it has so much money because I you can throw tons of money at something. It could be terrible. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I get worried when people are like, oh, it has to be awesome with this much money. I'm going to think that it's awesome because you have a team of people that really, really are passionate about this. And John Favreau is all about it. And John Watts gave up Spider-Man for this. So it has to be something or Fantastic Four. Sorry, I misspoke. Fantastic Four for this. So it has to be something really, really cool. 
So that's why I'm going to stand by it, that I think this is going to be awesome. I love Jude Law. I love The Holiday. Fun fact, it's like one of my favorite movies with Jude Law. Uh, definitely see it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. But I mean, money to me is just like, okay, money, you know? Disney has yeah. a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, $136 million, if you want to consider this, Rob Zombie's Monsters reboot has $40 million <laughs> in it. Well, 30, so like, $136 million, yeah. ready? Tom Cruise is getting paid a hundred mil for Top Gun Maverick, so yeah, he but that's still has thirty six million left over. Yeah, to pay for Tom Cruise. <laughs> he can't make religious donations with that, can he? Oh, jeez. Um, John, any thoughts on uh, one hundred thirty six million going towards Skeleton Crew? One hundred thirty six million. Nothing is nothing. Everything is sacred. Um, here's the thing: one hundred thirty six million. Uh, a lot of money for a TV show, but we don't know how many episodes this thing is. Mm -hmm. So it could be six, could be 12. Then you're talking about that's a lot of budget per episode or maybe not as much as The Mandalorian. So it really comes down to how many episodes this is for to really determine what the deal is. Also, if they haven't filmed yet, budget really doesn't mean anything because a lot of projects go over budget. Uh, so that's another factor it. to take to take into consideration mm -hmm. um but lacy brought up a good point inflation is definitely a thing uh and supply chain you know lumber the cost of lumber if they're building sets for this show and then it's not all volume based like that stuff like <laughs> adds up mm -hmm. when you're talking about building these movie sets and i'm not you know a, a movie expert in terms of productions but just you put two and two together and you're like yeah that cost is going to be driven up so um i'm not too you know one way or the other on this number because it really it's so early that it really doesn't matter um i i i'm even surprised that the hollywood reporter put this out because unless they were like had concrete info on the amount of episodes then you could really talk about wow that's you know 30 million per episode that's well that's big time or something i was kind of so, confused by that a little bit because i it seems like when people talk about how expensive a show is they do kind of do a per episode budget yeah uh, which yep. was a little bit of a breakdown here, but it, do they not also just look at like how much was spent on a single season of television? Because that's how, to me, Rings of Power was presented. Is like they're putting, I think it was like a hundred or two two hundred million or something like that into the first season. So it didn't even matter how many episodes they were doing. It was the record was that no season of a show had ever put that much into it. Yeah. I think that's fair, but then I also take into consideration, like when I think about Kenobi, I'm like, it seems pretty clear to me, at least from a visual effects budget perspective, that they put a lot of their chips into the final episode compared to some mm -hmm. of the earlier episodes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, this show, you know, Game of Thrones season blank cost $250 million, um, but I like to... Yeah, yeah, get down into the more specifics, I guess, after the fact, because, you know, there could be reshoots, there could be delays, you know, look what COVID did, you know, to a lot of things, which is funny, because this is called Skeleton Crew, and Skeleton Crews are what they had to do for a lot of shoots for, during COVID, is that to bring <laughs> Basically small, what you saw in Book crew. of Boba Fett, where it was like a small crew standing 20 feet Right, and they also the do actors. that for the to, spoiler stuff, they try to keep, you know, tight crews and stuff like that, so I, I wonder what that means for this, are these kids like, you know, uh, a you know, a set group to, to protect a certain thing. Cause that's also, I guess I looked, I tried to look up skeleton crew, alternate definitions. And one could be like 
for emergencies, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not not just anything uh, standard. It um, seemed the one to thing me I'll like they got abandoned or like oh, for some reason, like most of the adults died or something kind of like in Obi-Wan, like we saw the Padawans running around. It's because all yeah. the knights had been killed, you know? Yeah. Um, that sounds the one fun. Yeah, it actually, really, based on the really artwork to me, <laughs> it felt very like E.T. to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which which predates all the Stranger Things stuff. And, and um, you know, I he- we hear that a lot, like it, like Stranger Things did this or whatever. But it's like, I feel like these types of movies have been around forever. Before Stranger Things, I would Things, say Goonies saying, did it first. Goonies. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Goonies is a good example. But so is like anytime you, you want to say like uh, like a Harry Potter or Twilight or something like that, when you're getting like a group of kids together to be like your main protagonist. So it's going to get kind of boxed into that area. But to me, it did feel it. It feels like a show that could be really like fresh in the sense that like it takes place in Star Wars. But since it has to do with like a crash ship on a planet, and they're like trying to fix the ship and get off and they're probably being like it's like nighttime or dark and they're like using flashlights and stuff and like the woods can be scary you know and i i'm it just sounds like lost in space to be honest <laughs> yeah sort of Sorry. but i mean like we've never gotten that in star wars like we've never gotten a like predominantly dark show that has horror vibes like that um i i, I yeah i don't know what the vibe is going to be um john watts obviously his I'm biggest successes totally basing to it on with, the artwork and that's it you know yeah his biggest su- successes have to do with spider-man and telling the story of coming of age teenagers and you know learning to cope with something way bigger than you could ever imagine so we'll see if that plays a part into why they brought him in the other thing i wanted to bring up is you know the jude law thing it made me think like him with you know kids lost in this big world, big galaxy. It made me think of uh, that Spielberg movie AI mm-hmm. that he was in. Oh my gosh, if... that was so bad. He turned down Harry Potter for that. It was it was a bad movie. The first half, I was like, all right, all right. But then when I realized it was like Pinocchio, spoiler alert, movie came out twenty one years ago. <laughs> How um, many times is John gonna say spoiler alert? This yeah, time? at least six <laughs> more times. Stop yeah, talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he played this guy who was helping this kid and they were both robots like make his way through and survive through the world. So I I wonder if that's something they, they honed in on because that was Spielberg and this is sort of has that Spielberg vibe to it about, I hated that movie so bad. You just brought it up and like, I sunk into that like depressed feeling I felt at the end of that movie that I was like, this movie sucks. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But the character Anybody else did have, have that feeling with movies. Where you have this yeah, I never saw it, but it's John Williams' score, right? Is the music good? I think so. I don't um, know. <laughs> but my my main thing is not not that the movie was good or anything, but it's Jude Law sort of playing, and he played a, a robot. So who knows if he's playing a human in this or a robot or, or a droid or whatever? Poor Haley but Joel Osment. Like sort of he this... went from Sixth Sense to that, and then just totally just who? <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. Oh yeah. But he he plays this sort of, you know, mysterious guy who's helping this kid on this like journey of self-discovery and trying to survive out in the world and stuff. So maybe that's the type of thing they're going to tap into here. I'm I not saying gonna it's going to be bad like AI or anything like that, but uh, but who knows? I think he's I'm leaning be towards he's, he's like their mentor or their their helper or something, but that's just a complete guess. I wonder if he could be like the voice on the ship or something dumb. Oh yeah, that could be cool. I'd actually like that. Like he's like, uh, and then like when they leave the ship, he, they could put him like in a little the hologram thing or something, and it kind of 
comes along with them on the journey. Like a Jarvis. Yeah, basically. And it's like, you'll need to refresh the ship with my, uh-huh. uh, with this uh, precious gem on the planet. You have to go find mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I mean, like, he's in the show, so I, it doesn't seem like it would be like a voice thing, you know? But whatever. Yeah. It could be cool. Um, one last thing that we should talk about. Well, I wouldn't say one last thing, but I, I kind of wanted to see what you guys had to say about uh, John Boyega and his thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, John, any quick thoughts on uh, his statement? I, I know Boyega was always a Star Wars fan before he got into Star Wars, so I like the fact that he's still a fan and he's still engaged and, and following it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would have to guess, but I, I can imagine there's other people a part of that cast that aren't that way. Um, so I think it is cool that he's still sort of in the mix in that in that regard and hearing him Daisy speak watches on it as, Mando too. Yeah. Um but hearing him speak on that in, in this regard as a fan I, it feels good um because you know he he went, he went through a lot of hell that uh a lot of people just skim over um during his time it was Star Wars um and hearing him praise the Ewan and and Hayden I thought was really cool too because then again you know we're we're bridging gaps between prequel trilogy and sequel trilogy and there's probably a common bond there because the prequels received so much hate back in the day and are now getting uh, a, a more well-aged uh, recognition and maybe Boyega is sort of seeing that light at the end of the tunnel for them uh, while mo- I think us we we really like the sequel trilogy and I think a lot of the general uh, public do there was certainly a section of fans that you know threw fire at it and that sort of stuff so maybe he's uh, seeing these guys get their turn and maybe he's thinking like, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day I get to come back and, and do some older Finn stuff and, and get that, you know, Hayden reaction. Uh, not that he ever really got bad reactions from fans at public things, but it, I got to think that crosses his mind a little bit. I don't know about you guys. Sure. Lacey, any thoughts? I'm just excited to hear from John Boyega again. I feel like rightfully so he took a break and was just kind of like, hey, I'm doing other things. And he's openly said that he's trying to show how many different roles he can play, which is good on him. Like, live your life, do what you want to do. I do miss him being in Star Wars. I miss doing, you know, watching press tours with him in them, uh, him talking about being a part of Star Wars. So I really do hope that he comes back eventually. And stuff like this, when he's talking about the positive experience he has as a fan uh, watching the new content, makes me hopeful that if they came to him and approached him about a new movie or a new series or something, he would say yes. That's what I get out of this. So fingers crossed. The yeah, I think that's probably the most interesting aspect of this is like his comments from a long time ago where he's like, you're not going to Disney plus me. Um, I just really would like to see like what a follow up on that is like if somebody for any interview would be like you, you said before Disney plus launched that you wouldn't want to be a part of this. Have has your mind changed? Would you be interested? And I'm sure his answer would be similar to this and, or what he said before, like, well, you know, if, if Kathy and JJ were involved, you know, if it, they want to do something like that, but it's I mean, funny. He so always much, says Kathy and JJ. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting though, because like, like you were saying, um, so much has changed, uh, about Disney plus and what the Marvel shows look like and all this. Like the game on Disney Plus and like television is different now, so I'm I'm interested uh, in what his thoughts would be on that. But um, but it's good to know that he like is le- at least watching it and considering it like real Star Wars, you know, 
Like he could, yeah. he could be looking down on it and saying like, oh, that's television, that's Star Wars, you know, uh, they're, they're calling it that it's animation or whatever. But like, he it seems like he's considering the live action content real Star Wars. So yeah, it's good. He's got to be, he's coming back one day. He, that guy wants his own lightsaber. You know it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, all right, a couple quick things, uh, too. If you are at all interested in the young Obi-Wan Kenobi novel, uh, Star Wars Padawan, it's going to be coming out uh, the end of this month, July 26th. Um, Tomorrow. Yeah. D- d- oh, yeah, that's right. Um, man, that is sooner than I thought. <laughs> Dealing with uh, Obi-Wan uh, getting separated from Qui-Gon and thinking about, does he really in- uh, need to be a Jedi? Did, did he take the right steps? Um, kind of cool little story if you want to check it out. Um, also, we got a little bit of a confirmation from uh, Carl Weathers that Rick Famuyiwa directed at least two episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3. We knew he was back. We knew he got a promotion, right? Um, but you got to you gotta know, uh, you got to trust Carl when he is <laughs> dropping bombs left and right because he's a good source of true, like, leaked or, like, new information uh, that he, he's been accurate, like, every time he says it. So... He does not care, and so he dropped this one. Uh, actually, it's an older interview that just surfaced, but uh, but yeah, uh, Rick Famuyiwa coming back. That's pretty cool. Uh, and the other thing, too, Ashley Eckstein, uh, she also shared her enthusiasm for uh, voicing Ahsoka again. Uh, that's Tales of the Jedi. That's coming out. And uh, she was also asked about her relationship with uh, sharing the character with Rosario Dawson. So... Um, so I don't know if you want to go check out and see her thoughts on that. Uh, it's all on starwarsnewsnet.com. Get excited for Tales of the Jedi. Get excited for Mandalorian. Uh, get, get excited for Ahsoka, right? You know? Um, all right. We are going to uh, throw it back to John uh, as we are getting ready to do the next section. What's up, John? All right. Yeah, it's back. Ask the Resistance time. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? I don't know what midichlorians are, Anakin, and I never will. Um, but thank you for asking. Uh, all right, James, we have some questions, and we're going to start with you. Oh, the pressure's okay. on, man. This is big. This is Biggs. <laughs> that was by accident. That came to that one. <laughs> will we see Biggs Darklighter meet up with the Rebellion in Andor? So we're talking. I don't think they're getting Garrick Hagen and de-aging him if they couldn't de-age Hayden Christensen. So are we getting a new actor with a mustache to play Biggs Darklighter in Andor and hang with the Rebellion? Uh, and that's from that's from our friend Ryan Wara. One yeah, of our yeah. Thanks, buddy. He's kind of a big deal. Um, big deal. Biggs. Biggs. Andor. Andor. Five years before. You know what? I'm going to say... I'm going to say No. And I think the reason is because although Biggs wasn't like a big character uh, in the original, uh, I think they it would, they would be too close to his timeline to recast him kind of thing. And I think that, you know, a character like that could easily show up. I mean, they did that with uh, Wedge uh, and Hobby and stuff in like animation. Like they're like, oh, yeah. introducing him a couple years before you know, and you can do that in animation, but in a live action show like Andor, I can't imagine them recasting this character. So no real need to uh, bring him in if they don't have to. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have to be part of the story. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they're going to 
avoid Biggs Darklighter. All right. Ryan, let us know what you think yeah. and uh, uh, your opinion and, and James' answer. Um, so all of these three questions came from patrons. I just want to let everyone know that because we love our patrons and they keep the base uh, electric bill paid. So thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lacey, this one's going to you. It's from Caroline Margolis. What's up, Caroline? Uh, do you think that Vivian Lyra Blair will come back in a future series as a slightly older but still pre-A New Hope Leia. Hey, Caroline. Thanks for your question. Um, this is a good one. I think that we haven't seen the last of Vivian. I think she was a fabulous Leia. It would be a missed opportunity if they didn't keep moving forward with Vivian because she did such a great job um, that... I'm sure she's going to show up somewhere else. And especially if they do another season of Obi-Wan or something like that. Like she was such a fan favorite, which we knew she would be being Leia, but just her as an actress was a big fan favorite that I really hope she comes back. And I think she will. And I could see her playing, you know, older, but although take your time, Vivian, there's no rush to grow up. <laughs> take your time. <laughs> but I could see her coming back to play an older Leia. Yeah. It's, and people it's, would uh, accept it because she's played younger Leia. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, last one here. Our buddy Mike Lovins. Thanks, buddy. Uh, said, will Andor finally give us Bothans? Uh, so I'll, I'll grab this one. I'm going to say no. Um, <laughs> I I know for some reason anything affiliated with the Death Star, which Rogue One was, you know, that, that was tossed around a lot and uh, I, I just think Bothans were sort of, I, I think Bothans, like, they weren't, like, this big, super connected species with the Rebellion. I think they were just, like, they were near the Death Star, and they were right people at the right time to help them, and I think that was, like, sort of a one-and-done thing in that regard. I, I don't know that it's going to be this sort of big, full-circle thing that now they're going to, like, get them involved here. Um, so, I I just, to me, it it would just be done to just do it but i i just it, i i don't get that connectivity that people make with bothans and, and this stuff so I, i'm saying no bothans in andor can i uh, um, can i jump in with something i've never thought of before until right now what yes if, what if bothans is not a species but just like a group of people like a group of humans like we call ourselves bothans or something like that mm. and we're like watching the movie and they're like many bothans died and everybody's like we know who those people are <laughs> like you know we know um i i, I feel like in, it's a creature i think it is too but i'm saying I, because we've we, we've seen it in legends but I don't know if there's anything in canon that has said, like, we've never seen them, but maybe, like, a reference to what they are. And if they if it's said in anything canon that they are, in fact, an alien species like they were in Legends. But how about it, that Twitter account that is it a Bothan? It's just them going yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> Taking screenshots of Star Wars stuff. And they're like, is it a Bothan? It's it's probably the what we've all thought it was for a very long time. It just occurred to me that if they've never actually revealed it, what's to say it's not like, you know, like you were saying earlier, John, like Scientologists or something. You know what I mean? It's just like a name that they give the this group of people. What's what's Saul's? Uh, the Partisans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like many Partisans it could died. Be. 
yeah. to bring us this information. Everybody's like, what species is partisan? It's like, no, it's just, that's the name of the group, Bothans, you know? There, there's the a Bothans. quote from, from Matt Martin from Lucasfilm Story Group on Wikipedia under the Bothans entry that says, we are purposely trying not to show them oh, to yeah. leave all possibilities for when that story gets told. Um, and there was a character in Resistance based on the old EU design of Bothans, but they, they just took that design. Doesn't mean that was what that was. So they'll pop up somewhere. Yeah. I just, I just don't think the Rogue One sort of can. I think, I think there was there was some maybe misunderstanding with which Death Star and what the Bothans did and that stuff. Sure. So I'm saying no on that. But uh, let us know what you think, Mike, and and everyone who's been listening and watching. Uh, let us know what you think about our answers on that and everything else we talked about on the show today because we are approaching the end. Uh, so before we get to the end of the show, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been uh, watching us, whether you're a new viewer or longtime viewer, whether that's audio or video. Thank you very much. And a special thanks to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Um, we, you know, we're in the think tank and we're thinking about the future of our Patreon. We, we, we're going to get some, uh, ideas churning, but, uh, we just want to say thank you to everybody who has been supporting us over there. Um, we like to make content on there to show our appreciation for your support. Uh, if you'd like to support us, tiers start at just $2 per month. And again, that's patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. And we have a bunch of different tiers and whichever tier you select, there's more perks, rewards, benefits, and content and stuff like that for you. Uh, a special shout out to our uh, top two tiers, Generals and Spice Runners. Our Generals, uh, our OG, our longest running patron, I think, Carmelo. Then we have John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Trollton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zilk, and Val Trichkoff. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you all for all of your support. Like James said before, uh, make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And I have a movie podcast uh, where I talk about the good old flicks with my buddy Mike called Just Like the Movies, available on audio podcast apps. James? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right. Oh, and I think Light and Magic comes out tomorrow. Um, if you haven't yet, I did a review on StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, one of my favorite documentaries ever, so I think everybody is going to enjoy it very much, and we'll probably talk about it here on the show in the coming weeks. So definitely check that out. Uh, and we'll be back Thursday. We're bringing back the Kessel Run, guys. But what are we going to talk about? So you'll find out soon. We'll see you Thursday morning with another episode right here on TRB. See you around, kids. <laughs>